invite you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, we'll be reading verses 7 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. The Apostle Paul is writing and This is what he says to the church in Corinth. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. That verse alone could be a sermon, but we're not doing that today. But that's that's something for you to read again and think about this week. Verse 8, we're afflicted in every way but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus And bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Verse 16 expresses something that I believe everybody here this morning wants to experience. Paul says, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. That right there is something that nobody wants and something that everybody wants. Nobody this morning wants to lose heart. I don't think any of you came here this morning saying, you know, I sure hope we sing some songs and hear a sermon that helps me be discouraged and lose heart. I really, I mean, I haven't been discouraged in six days. It's probably time for that again. And I hope this morning I'm discouraged by what Rich has to say. I don't think any one of you felt that, right? Nobody wants to hear the heart for living knocked out of you. And neither did Paul. On the contrary, 
I believe that almost every single one of you here this morning wants that sense of inner renewal day by day. We all know that feelings of strength and newness and hope and courage and zest for life, they're kind of, they last for a while and then they tend to kind of drain away. That's why we talk about things like mountaintop experiences and then you kind of go back into normal life, right? It's kind of that up and then back down. But if we're going to be strong on the inside and have hope and joy and resources to love, we need to be renewed day by day. We know that. Life isn't static. It's not unfluctuating. It's, it's up and down and up. It's that three steps forward, two steps back. It's, it's fill and deplete and fill and deplete. It's renew and expend it, renew. And every one of us wants that power of renewal in our lives. Nobody here wants to be left in that valley of depletion and emptiness and discouragement. If there's a secret to being made strong and hopeful and joyful and loving again and again and again, day by day, we're interested. We want to know what that is. Which means that there are two words in this text this morning that should grab our attention. The word, therefore, at the beginning of verse 16. And the word, for, at the beginning of verse 17. Why are those two words so crucial? Picture, if you can, a triangle. And at the top of that triangle is verse 16. And it has two different sides that are supporting it. So there is our longing that is supported by these two side lines, if you will. We do not lose heart, but our inner person is being renewed day by day. That's what we want this morning. We want to be able to say that we're being renewed day by day and really mean it. And so verse 16, we do not lose heart, but are renewed day by day. So that word, therefore, at the beginning of the verse, other translations just say the word so, means the same thing, right? If it's so, so what? So that. So also Paul just says, therefore, at the front of the verse, means that Paul has been saying some things that lead him to that experience and help to support it. This is true, and this is true, and this is true in verses 7 through 15. Then he gets to 16, and he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we're being renewed day by day. So the first line of that triangle that supports that verse are the truths that come to us from verses 7 through 15. And that leads up to that experience and supports it. So that ought to get our attention this morning and send us looking into those verses to see just what it is that allows Paul to say, because of these things, we don't lose heart. We're renewed day by day. And then the word for at the beginning of verse 17 means that Paul is about to say some things that are the reason for verse 16. Right? We do not lose heart, and we are renewed day by day for, or the word could be because, 
this is true and this is true and this is true. So the second part of that triangle coming down on the other side are the truths that are found in verses 17 and 18 that support that experience that he just described. So again, if you can kind of see it in that way, that maybe helps to understand and to help drive it home. The experience we long for is sitting at the point of that triangle. And then we have those supporting sides. Verses 7 through 15 are true. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but we're renewed day by day. That's one side. We do not lose heart, but are renewed day by day for verses 17 and 18 are true. So what I want to do is look at the two sides of that triangle and make the truth that sustained Paul a truth that can help to sustain us. First of all, I just need one quick little observation here from verse 16. Verse 16 acknowledges that not losing heart and being renewed day by day are happening in the midst of suffering. In the midst of suffering. Paul says again, we do not lose heart, but though our outer person is decaying, our inner person is being renewed day by day. Paul knew that he was dying. And and Paul knew that everyone is dying. He experienced tremendous suffering. And in that suffering, he saw the decay and the wasting away of his earthly life. He speaks in his letters about weaknesses and sicknesses and injuries and hardship and pressure and frustration and disappointment. And every one of those things cost Paul a piece of his life. One way to say that is what he says in verse 12, death is at work in him. And so I just want you to understand that that's the context in which he says, we do not lose heart. We are always being renewed. So what we're really asking now isn't just, how can I not lose heart in life? And how can I be renewed day by day? But how can I be prepared to suffer without losing heart? How can I accept the decaying of my body and the ebbing away of my earthly life and at the same time not lose heart but find a renewed sense of inner strength to go with joy to the end with acts of love? So with that understanding that this is all in the context of suffering, let's look at the answer to to Paul's first question. First, in verses 7 through 15, and then in verses 17 and 18. So verse 7 through 15, I think there's at least four reasons here that lead Paul to say, therefore we do not lose heart. And every one of them take into account the decaying of his earthly life. He never loses sight that he is a dying man and that his life is being spent each day. He's wearing down and wearing down and coming towards that end. So what he is doing in these verses is showing What is true in spite of, and even sometimes because, his outer nature is decaying and wasting away. So the first one is this. Though his outer nature is decaying, yet in and through this suffering, God's power and the life of God's Son are being manifested and glorified. Verse 7 says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, That is, we're decaying, we're weak, our outer person is, is that kind of situation. 
Why do we have that? That the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. Therefore, we don't lose heart because God's power is exalted in our weakness. Also, verse 10, he says, Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart because the life of God's Son is exalted or lifted up in our daily dying. Verse 11, for we who who live are constantly being delivered over to the death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Therefore, we do not lose heart because the life of God's Son is manifested and glorified in our decaying bodies. So the first reason that Paul doesn't lose heart as his outer nature decays is that in his weakness, in his daily dying for the sake of others, God's power and the life of God's Son are glorified. And that's the one thing Paul loves more than anything, to allow his life to glorify God. And I believe that's true of some of you as well. That what you long for more than anything is that your life would somehow glorify God. And that's what Paul is all about here as well. A second item. Though his outer nature is decaying, yet in and through the suffering life is flowing from him to the church. Christians are being strengthened by Paul's being weakened. I think that's an important thing for us to remember. That sometimes Christians are being strengthened by our being weakened. Verse 12, so death is at work in us, but life in you. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart, because not only is God being glorified, but you, my loved ones, are receiving life and strength and hope. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the grace which is spreading to more and more people through Paul's suffering for them, may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart because, and then notice how verse 15 puts these verses, these reasons together. In my ministry of suffering, grace is spreading to you and glory is going to God. Those are the two great loves of Paul's life. To bring grace to others and to bring glory to God. And this verse says that they happen in the very same experience. And therefore, Paul does not lose heart. Third, even though his outer nature is decaying, yet in and through this suffering, God sustains him and does not let him be overcome. Notice in each of these pairings as we look at verses 8 and 9. What he really is saying is this. He's saying, yes, our outer nature is decaying, but no, we do not lose heart. He says, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not despairing. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Again, therefore, we do not lose heart because God sustains us and does not let us be overcome. 
I look around this room this morning and I see some folks who have walked through some deep, deep waters at times in your lives. And I, I know you people, right? I've been around you for years and I know some of your stories and I know some of your situations. And I trust that this morning you could say with Paul as well, these things have come and they've happened to us, but we don't lose heart. We're here to worship with God's people this morning. We see the value and the importance of maintaining our faith, even in the midst of hard times, because God sustains us and does not let us be overcome. Fourth, Though his outer nature is decaying, yet Paul will be raised from the dead with the church and be with Jesus. Verse 14, we know that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Therefore, we do not lose heart because it's going to be all right. Not even death can make the story have a bad ending. I'm going to live again. And I'm going to live with you, the people that I love, and I'm going to live with Jesus, and I'm going to share his glory forever and ever. Therefore, that's the first line of this triangle that supports the great experience of not losing heart, but being renewed day by day. I'm being renewed because God's power and the life of God's Son are being manifested and glorified in my decaying weakness. I'm being renewed because life is flowing from my suffering into the church that I love and care about so much. I'm being renewed because God sustains me in my suffering and doesn't allow me to be overcome by it. And I'm being renewed because I know I will be raised from the dead with you and with Jesus to live together forever and ever. And because of those four things, I do not lose heart. Now let's look at the other line of the triangle that supports Paul's wonderful experience in verse 16. Verses 17 and 18, he does not lose heart. And he is being renewed day by day for or because verses 17 and 18 are true. Again, I want us to just look at four reasons that Paul doesn't lose heart in spite of his decaying outer man, his weakness and sickness and injury and hardship. Number one, he does not lose heart for his affliction is momentary. Verse 17 says, for momentary light affliction. This doesn't mean that it lasts 60 seconds. It means it only lasts a lifetime. And that's all. That's important to remember. When Paul speaks about this momentary light affliction, He's not talking about the technical term, a moment, or a minute, which is 60 seconds. Paul is saying, this affliction, this suffering, it only lasts a little while until I die. It's important for us to remember that it's not just 60 seconds. 
It lasts a lifetime, but that's all. The word means present, the present afflictions, the the afflictions that will not outlive or outlast this present life. And because of that, I do not lose heart. Because my afflictions, my suffering, my challenges, my sin and my struggles will one day end. They will not have the last say over my life. I don't know about you, but I need to know that. I need to hear that. Secondly, he does not lose heart, for his affliction, he says, is light. Verse 17, for momentary light affliction. This is not the judgment of a comfortable modern America. This is Paul's own judgment about his situation. Nor had Paul forgotten what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. Let me remind you of what he says there. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 27, Paul says this, in far more labors and in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death, Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea. Dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure upon me of my concern for all the churches. When Paul says that his his afflictions are light, he does not mean easy or painless. He means that compared to that which is coming, they are as nothing. Compared to the weight of glory coming, they're like feathers on the scale. Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory to be revealed in us. I do not lose heart, for my afflictions are light. Third, he does not lose heart, for his affliction is actually producing for Paul an eternal weight of glory far beyond any compare. Verse 17, for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. What is coming to Paul is not momentary, but eternal. It is not light, but weighty. It's not affliction, but glory. And it is, Paul wants you to know, beyond all comprehension. 
He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Eye has not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And the point is not that the afflictions merely precede the glory. They help produce the glory. Paul wants us to understand that there is a causal connection between how we endure hardship now and how much we will, we will be able to enjoy the glory of God in the ages to come. Not one moment of our pain is wasted. Paul says, I do not lose heart, for all my troubles are producing for me an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And then four, Paul does not lose heart, for he sets his mind on the unseen eternal glory to come. Verse 18, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. God might offer you all the glory in the universe to keep you from losing heart and to renew your soul day by day, but if you never looked at it, Nothing would come of it. In fact, that's what God is doing right now in our sermon. This text is, is an invitation from God for you to look at all of the reasons why you don't have to lose heart. All of the reasons that you can be renewed day by day. God says, look, the power of God and the life of his Son are manifested or made present in your weakness. He says, look, the life of Jesus is flowing through your suffering into the lives of other people. The life of Jesus is flowing through your sufferings into the life of other people. So how does that work? It works this way. It works because when you hear about a brother or sister who's going through that time, and you begin to pray, and you begin to reach out, and you begin to be the hands and feet of Jesus, you actually begin to experience Jesus' life flowing out of your body into their situation. It's not anything like spooky or mysterious or whatever. It's just simply day-by-day living and allowing yourself to be used by God to step into the suffering of the lives of other people. Paul says, look, God sustains you in your inflictions and will not let you be destroyed. We all face things that we, in our own strength, think there's no way that I can get through this. And then another one hits and we go, oh my word, how in the world does God expect me to do this? But Paul wants you to know and God wants you to know that God sustains you in your afflictions and he will not let you be destroyed. Again, you may be perplexed, you may be discouraged, but you're not forsaken. God uses those things to show his glory and to give you his peace and his power. Look, your afflictions will not have the last word. Your hardship, your afflictions, those things that you go through right now that you think there's no way I could do this for another day, those things... 
those things will not have the last word. Because you will rise from the dead with Jesus and with the church of God, and you will live in joy forever and ever. Just the other day, I was talking with someone, and we were speaking about someone that we know who's, uh, who's currently in a, in a hospital bed in the Chicago area, and she had a, a cancerous tumor on her brain, and they've, they've done all they can surgically to remove that, and they feel like they've got her in a spot where she'll begin to make some progress, but she's really not. It's been three weeks. She still hasn't woken up, right? Things are discouraging, Things are hard. And her dad looked at me and he said, but one thing I know, even though she seems asleep, she's either going to one day open her eyes and see her husband and see me and see her mom, or she's going to open her eyes and she's going to see her Savior. Because this life isn't the end. We go through hard times. We go through afflictions and things that we don't think we could make it one more day. And let me just tell you this. If you don't, grab onto this truth that you will rise from the dead with Jesus and you will live in joy with him forever and ever. Next up, God says to us, look, your afflictions are momentary. They're only for now. They're not for the age to come. Your afflictions are light compared to the pleasure of what is coming. There is nothing. And look, he says, finally, these afflictions are producing for you an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So I ask you this morning to look. To look, to focus, to meditate, to think on these things. Believe what God says, and you will not lose heart. But your inner person will be renewed day by day. Would you pray with me? Father, as we come to you, we thank you for the encouragement of our brother Paul. We thank you for the truth of this passage. And Lord, we pray that you might... Take your Holy Spirit and press these things into our hearts and into our minds. Lord, I ask today that you would help each and every one of us in this room to be renewed day by day as we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing with me one more time.
benediction. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace that comes to us in abundance through Jesus Christ. And so may we go forth from this place today not losing heart, not counting our afflictions as our loss, but Lord, may we see those things as pieces of our lives that point us to Jesus and allow your love and your glory and your grace to flow through us to people who desperately need to hear. Help us to be your hands and your feet in the week ahead as we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.